Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Hey there, welcome to episode number 174 of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. We are moving along in our series, Every Book of Promise, We're kind of working our way through the entire Bible to find, and not just find, but to believe promises from God to us. Like these are the promises of God and they're for us, they're for his people. They're not for those who don't believe in the name of Jesus, those who don't believe in the God of Israel, they're specifically for us. Sometimes I think we just need to be reminded of that. It doesn't do a whole lot of good to just know about God's promises or even to be able to recite them from memory. Life change happens when we believe them. It's not about a recitation and it's not about just like all this knowledge in my head. The Apostle Paul said, knowledge puffeth up. Now that's kind of the King James Version, but that's the one that sticks with me. Knowledge puffeth up. Do we want to be puffed up or do we want to have life change? We are not living in a day and age when we can afford to play pat a cake with the things of the world. And it's not an era when we can be flippant or lighthearted or flaky jakey about what God's word says. So life change? Anybody here for it besides me? I'm here for life change and God's word will bring it. One more thing I want to remind you of. There was a time in the gospel, actually two times in the gospels, when Jesus was amazed by people's belief, by two individual people, their like their belief, their faith, their trust. And then there were times when he was amazed at people's lack of belief. And those were usually the Israelites, God's people. We don't want to be numbered among those who amaze Jesus because of our lack of belief, because we love him and we serve him and we follow him and we believe him for our eternal salvation, but we don't believe him for much in this life. We do not want to be numbered among those. We want to be side by side with those who have tremendous and complete faith. Let's astound Jesus with our belief. Which category do we want to be part of? In which camp do we land? And if we need to make a move to change camps, uh, let's do it. Let's head on over to the winning side. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 174. So glad you're joining me today. All right. So as we go through all of the books of the Bible, all 66 of them, and we learn in each book about what God has promised to his people, let's be sure of one thing. Let's make sure that we're believing these promises, not just hearing about them, but believing them because they're meant to be believed. Our God wants us to trust him utterly, completely, totally. 
Let's go all in and believe God's promises. Today, we're in the book of Proverbs for this episode. It has taken a minute to get to the book of Proverbs because we work our way from Genesis to Proverbs, and then we've had a couple of episodes that have been like Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes, so it's taken a bit to get here. This is the wisdom book, though, and so we don't want to skip by this. We want to make sure that we kind of land here and find some promises, but I tell you what, it was hard to find just one. Like it basically was impossible. So I'm going to share three verses of promise with you today. You know, Proverbs, there's like a wealth of wisdom here. I think we all know that, right? But there are also a whole lot of promises. So we can we can call it what it is. We can call it the wisdom book of the Bible. And it is. It's full of wisdom from top to bottom, beginning to end. There's a lot of life change that will happen as a result of the wisdom that is given us via the book of Proverbs. But there are also a lot of promises here. It's also a book of promise. So when we couple wisdom with God's promises, I think we're on a good path. I think good things can happen when we appropriate and believe those things. I've got a few verses to share today. And just as a reminder, once more, I'm totally beating a dead horse, but it's important. So I'm going to say it again. These promises are for you right now, today. So go ahead and believe them for yourself right now, today. Don't wait to believe the promises of God. Believe them now. Proverbs 18, verse 10. I'm in the New Living Translation today. Here's what it says. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Okay, that's our first verse for today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read all three verses. They're each from different chapters of Proverbs. I'm going to read all three verses and then I'm going to work my way through them, but backwards. So I'll start at the last verse and work my way back up to the one I just read. And uh, I'll go ahead and I'm just going to read it again before I move on to the next one. And I'll just read all three of them in a row, and then we'll talk about them. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Thank you, Jesus. What a word. Proverbs 19, verse 21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And Proverbs 21, verse 1, the king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. All right, let's talk about it. Starting with the last verse I read, chapter 21, verse 1, the king, the ruler, the leader, the one who is in authority, the heart of that person is just like a stream of water directed by the Lord. Were you ever a little kid? Yes, you were a little kid. I know that. Were you ever a little kid who went out and played like, say you dug like a, I'm going to call it like a, a rivulet. You remember that word? That's an old school word. A rivulet in the mud. And maybe you used some sticks and things and you found ways to just like redirect parts of the water and it would go this way and that way when you would kind of rearrange it. Maybe you just like had a bucket of water and you would dig around and you would set up if you're a little boy, you're back in the day, you're army guys and you know, you needed to make like a muddy trench or something. And so you would just use rocks or pebbles or whatever, sticks, uh, leaves, and you would redirect the water. That is what the heart of the king or a person in authority is like in the Lord's hands. Think about that. Think about that as easy peasy lemon squeezy as it was for you as a little kid, as it would be for you right now to go out and and dig a trench with a stick. I'm not talking about a big trench. I'm talking about like you could just scrape a stick into the dirt, the soft dirt, three or four or five times and then move some things around to make some little other waterways. You can block this one here. You can dam that one with a pebble. That's how easy it is 
for the Lord to move, to turn, to direct the heart of the one who's in authority. This is good news for us. This is a huge promise. It's something that we need to remember. You know, there's uh, something about like the leadership, the rulers, the authorities, the big bosses, the global tyrants. Anybody feel like there may be some global tyrants? We know more about things on a global scale now than ever in the history of the world because of the interweb and all of those things. We have access to so much knowledge and information, and we know things that we didn't used to know, right? We We didn't used to know how big and broad certain things were. You didn't used to know the news instantly. Think of what we know about the global tyrants around the world. Does any of those things concern you? Do you ever just kind of go, ick? I don't like this stuff. Life is life is hard enough. I didn't need to know all this extra about all these people in leadership. What about this leadership on a small level? Do you know a lot about that? Like by small level, I mean, it could be you live in a small town and the mayor is a kind of a, you know, he's not doing the right things for the for the town. And he's this two-bit town is turning into a one-bit town and it's going to be a no-bit town pretty soon under his leadership. Okay, so it really doesn't matter what level the leader is, right? I mean, as far as whether or not you can pray about them, because you can, because you can, and you should. So leadership on a small level or on a really vast, really huge one, you can take it all to the Lord in prayer, make your request about that specific reign or rule, that region, the people under that leader, that specific leader, his staff, his administration, uh, his cabinet, whatever it might be, and simply ask God to do what it says here that he does well. Direct their heart like a waterway. Lord, just do the guiding. Turn them from the things that are evil. Turn them from doing what is wrong and turn them toward doing what is just. Make your will to be the thing that gets done, Lord. You can pray like that. And I think we probably should pray like that. Isn't that sort of like, uh, it goes hand in glove with what Jesus said, that we would pray that God's will would be done on earth, just as it is in heaven. Yeah, I think they they go together. Once again, the Old and New Testament fit together perfectly, right? We can also recognize that the second portion of this verse is true. The Lord guides their hearts wherever he pleases. So he's sovereign. And yes, he loves it when we pray. And he delights to hear our prayers and then to answer them. However, that does not mean that every single prayer gets the exact answer that we want individually. My heart's desires are not always automatically in accordance with what the Lord wants. We need to recognize sometimes that we aren't going to get the answer that we want because maybe, maybe we're praying from a from a place that isn't exactly for God's best, for God's will, for God's glory alone. Sometimes we are praying for what we think is God's glory alone, and he's doing a much broader, much deeper, much wider, much greater work, much greater, a greater work, let me correct that, in an entire nation, a state, a company, a corporation, uh, or just a work on a particular type of leader, a person who's, they've got to be in that position or that role for whatever his overall agenda and purposes and plan is. And our prayers might not be able to be answered because we don't know the whole scope of it. God is sovereign, and we can take great comfort in that. There is a lot of hope in the understanding that God is sovereign, and it is in and of itself a promise that we can hold tightly to, especially when we don't understand. And there's so much we don't understand, but God is sovereign. He has not abdicated his throne. 
We can trust him. We can praise him. We can rejoice in him. And we can believe every single promise, even when we don't exactly see, like say this promise I'm talking about here, get the answer to a prayer that we want, that we see would be the best answer for it. We can always go back to what we know to be true. Jesus is good. He's trustworthy. And God is sovereign. Okay, so in some cases, you and I know how this goes. The people in leadership, they're not always good guys. A lot of the time, they're not good guys. You know what I mean? And yet God's in charge. He's still sovereign and he's getting things done that he knows need to be done as per the true and actual bigger picture. Not what I think is the bigger picture, but what is actually the bigger picture, the whole scope of it all. Other times we don't see anything changing. We're praying and praying. That person's leadership is not changing. Maybe there's been no heart change on their part. It's not that God doesn't want to change their heart, but they've chosen to harden their heart. And also sometimes there's not a lot of change happening because nobody's really praying for that particular person to have a God-led heart change experience. All these things are possibilities, but the promise still stands. It is still completely, utterly, totally true. God turns the heart of the king like a stream, like a waterway, directing it wherever he pleases. And that should bring us tremendous comfort. Okay, chapter 19, verse 21 says this, says this, we can make our plans, but the Lord's will will prosper. We can make plans. And don't we do exactly that? Like we plan our vacations, we plan out our week. I mean, I have a planner on my desk in front of me right now. We plan for celebrations. Uh, We make a plan to get some things done on the honey-do list. We make plans. But it's so good to remember this promise that the Lord's purpose will prevail. So where's the hope for us in this verse? You might be wondering. Well, it's right here in the assurance that his will is what's going to prevail. I can't muck up or mess up his will. I can't circumvent his will if I know that the promise is that his will is what's going to prevail no matter what plans I make or any other human being on this planet makes. That is a huge promise. If you really think about that, just like really apply that to your life and realize I can't, I don't have the authority or the power or the ability to totally ruin what God has planned. I just, that's so far above my pay grade. I am not a little demigod, a mini God. My name is not Holy Spirit Jr. And I can't ruin it and totally derail it. Isn't that good to know? Isn't that good to know his purposes are going to prevail and nobody else can totally derail it either? Yeah, that's good to know. And there's a lot more I could say about that, about how we can muck up things in our life. We can hurt other people. All those things are real. And uh, we need to learn how to be God honoring and behave like children of the most high God, uh, to know what his word says and to do it, to live it out, to be careful with our words, to love people well, to forgive, to do all of the things that the word of God tells us to do and to recognize that we can harden our own hearts. All those things are true. And yet at the same time, what's more true? That God's will is going to prevail. So this is not a pass, this verse. You know, me talking about this verse, I'm not giving you a pass to go do whatever you want to do. Go home to your bad self and do whatever you want to do. Don't even worry about it. No, that's not biblical either, because each one of us is going to give an account for the deeds done in the body, for whatever we've done. We're going to give an account for every idle word, said Jesus. So um, let's be aware of what we're speaking and what we're doing and how we're treating others. Be aware of hardening our hearts. You know, Jesus said to forgive from 
your heart. That's something we don't always talk about when we talk about Jesus' teaching on forgiveness. He said, from your heart, that's important. So do the things that you're told to do, but recognize that you don't have the ability to totally ruin God's plans, and neither does anybody else. So when you feel like maybe somebody's coming at you, and man, this is just not right. Are you are you seeing this, God? Yeah, yeah, he's seeing this. He's seeing this. And uh, his purposes, they're going to prevail. That's a promise. I think it's tremendously hopeful. I hope you do too. In the assurance that his will is what will prevail, we find great hope that we can anchor ourselves to, and really we're anchoring ourselves to the one who is the actual word, the living word, to Jesus. When when I say anchor myself to the word, that's actually what I mean, to the word, the living word. His will is going to prevail. That's comforting. I need to know that my will is not going to prevail because if I'm honest, I can admit that I mess things up all the time. And I don't trust my will, just like I don't trust my own heart. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. I don't want to follow my heart. Even when I want to follow my heart, I have to not want to follow my heart. You know what I mean? It's like deceitful above all else, all things. That is the truth, my friend. That's the truth for you and me and all of us. So I need to have a promise like this one from Proverbs 19, and so do you, so that we can trust beyond our own plans and realize that God's purposes will prevail. Remember, when God says will in a promise in the Bible, he really does mean it. He really does mean it. This verse from Proverbs is not an exception. God says clearly that he will actually bring about that which he has purposed. So keep this in mind on your good days, but also on the bad days, the hard days, because he's in charge. He's the one on the throne. And you can have total peace. His purposes will prevail. His God's purposes are going to prevail and all his ways are good. That reminds us that we can always trust his purposes. The last verse I want to look at today comes from chapter 18. Verse 10 reminds us that God is a strong tower. His name, the name of our God is a strong tower. The godly run to it and are saved. That's where our safety is. Our safety is right there in the name of our God, provided that we are numbered among the godly. The godly run to it and are saved. Got to be among the godly. We know that that comes through Jesus. The blood of Jesus is perfect life. His sacrifice, his resurrection, this is what enables us to be counted among the godly. I am only godly because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a gift he has given. This is huge. It never wears out. It never wears thin. We cannot exhaust it. The supply of God's love and grace and mercy are endless because of Jesus. And we're able to claim verses like this one for ourselves all because of Jesus. This should astound us because it actually is astounding. Like this is astounding. This is who our God is. This is how he treats us. This is how he behaves toward us. This is astounding. Do you need some protection in some part of your life? Are you feeling vulnerable? Run to the name of the Lord. It's more than a worship song. This is truth. The name of the Lord is like a strong tower. The righteous do run to it and are saved. You've got to know the name, though. And the name is Jesus, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. 
You've got to know the name. That's the name that you're running to, the Lion of Judah. Worship him, run to him, believe that you are safe in him. Believe it, believe it, no matter what comes. If everything is getting thrown at you, including the kitchen sink, this promise will continue to prove true. So long as we do as it says and run to him. I'm not sure that it can prove true if we don't do what it says. If we don't run to him, if we don't believe on his name, Jesus is the name above all names and our trust in him, our hope in him, our belief that his promises are true for us. That hope is never in vain. That hope is never in vain. Isn't that good news? Which of his promises has God forgotten about? Uh, let's think about that for a second. What, which, which of his promises has he just kind of forgotten about? Nodded off on. Where has he moved out of the driver's seat and just like abdicated? None. None. That's how many. And none of them, not even a single one, will ever fail to prove true. It simply isn't going to happen, my friend. It's not possible. God is a perfect promise maker and a perfect promise keeper. I don't know how we can ever astound Jesus with our faith, our belief, our trust. How can we astound him with our lack of worry, our worry and our fretting and our fear? It's so small, it doesn't even exist. How can we astound him if we don't go all in with believing the Bible's promises? Would you join me in growing your faith today by choosing to believe the promises here from the book of Proverbs, even in the face of whatever adversity you might be facing right now? even in the midst of whatever you might see happening in the world right now, happening in your family, your workplace right now? Can't you choose to believe, have such big faith that your aim is to astound Jesus? Let's do this together. What do you say? I mean, really, I'm serious. Let's let's go all in on this. Send me an email with your promises that you're believing God for, and I'll pray them over you, and you can pray over me, and let's do this. Let's get after this thing. All right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you back here next time, and as always, Lord bless you, and may you always remember every second of every day, that would be like the goal for me with this podcast, that every second of every day you would remember that God's promises are true for you. Let's keep getting the promises, God, into the people of God so that we think about them and we believe them and we pray God's word back to him and we cannot be moved, budged, done even a millimeter off of our faith. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.